Hey everybody, it's Doug and Renee and welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Each episode is designed to encourage, uplift, and motivate you to thrive in your marriage and single life. Be blessed. Hey, everybody. Yeah, you see, you think you're slick. I'll let you in that time. Hey, everybody, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Bigger than ever. We can rebuild them. Six million dollars. Anyway. Anyway, we are back. Episode number three, Unequally Yoked, part three. Episode number three. Episode number three. Installment number three. Installment number three. Week number three. Three means the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. You got it. Yeah. Oh, look at you. I finally Doing got the one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, this is a new podcast. Well, same topic. Unequally yoked, as my wife just said. Oh, we're Doug and Renee. Uh, I'm Doug. I think our intro already says She's that. She's Renee. Yes. But I'm just letting the people know. That, so yes. they... We don't have any, uh, what, you call those, what you call those people? Guest. Any guests. Hosting any for us. Hosts. Any. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway. I did that last week and I meant to say excuse me. Um, I think I Shout out to me. It was my birthday last week. Yes. And uh, to God be the glory for, as they say, another year around the sun. Yes. Uh, so I want to just take a moment to be thankful to God. Be for thankful. Blessing me to see another year of life. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. But this today, this is not the day of your birth. Not your birth. Somebody was born today. Okay. And what's the point? <laughs> no, I'm just making conversation. It's a podcast. We got to talk. Okay. Well, let's talk about the topic. Okay. I'm still celebrating my birthday. Yeah, all celebrate month. your birthday. Celebrate. I'm, can I, can I oh, talk okay, without ahead, you talking ahead, over me? Sheesh, I am still going to celebrate my birthday all month long. Why? Because I can. Why? Because I want to. Why? Because you know what I said at the beginning of this year. Do you, boo? So that's what I'm going to do. You got to allow yourself to have joy and don't let anybody steal it. Um, So anyway, that's my little sidebar. I'm ready. Oh, can I talk now? As long as you don't talk over me, we good. Okay. I don't want to talk. I don't want no trouble. Yeah. I don't uh, want no trouble. I don't think you want any any of this smoke. Oh, I don't want the smoke. All righty. So last week, uh, during our podcast, a couple of things we would like to clarify or just bring attention to because we don't want to be the cause of strife or miscommunication in anyone's house. Uh, when we talked about sowing last week about giving uh, offering, paying the offering at church, uh, wherever wherever you decide to, you know, give extra money. One of the things we said, or what we did say was, instead of just, you know, jumping up and saying, hey, I'll give X amount of dollars without talking to your spouse, that's what we found works for us because we have one bank account. Everything came out of that one account. Uh, I did not have my own checking at the time. Renee didn't have her own checking, nothing. Everything was in one pie. So it did not make sense for us, which I had to, I was the guilty party, uh, to just 
put us out there on a ledge or on a limb without knowing, you know, what bills needed to be paid. So one of the conversations we had, and then we talked about this last week, was, hey, let's come in agreement before um, someone says, hey, we're going to give an offering of X amount of dollars. So with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, with that being said, that's what worked for us 20, 30 years ago. But I understand now people have separate accounts. You know, sometimes you have um, your allowance. I, I don't even know what it's called. I call, I call it an allowance. And you have the husband may have, you know, money in his account. The wife may have money in her account. And then you have an account that you pay bills out of or however, however it works for you. But if you have your own separate account, then, of course, I don't think you need to have a conversation with your spouse if you're giving money out of that account. As long as you don't dip into another account and replace that money. You know what I mean? So that's what I was that's what I wanted to clarify last week. Um if I have a question. Sense. If someone has two bank accounts, are they unequally yoked if they have separate accounts? It depends on why they have separate accounts. But no, I would say I would say no. You just you just gotta make it work. In my opinion, um I actually know of a couple that has separate bank accounts and because one of the participants is not good at money. <laughs> so one of the ways they uh, put a hedge around their marriage, for lack of a better phrase, or put some sort of protection in their marriage is they have to have separate accounts because mm-hmm. one person will go and spend money that's already allocated for bills or whatever. So that I would say no. They're not unequally yoked. Okay. They just need to figure it out. I just I I didn't think so either, but oh, I just okay. wanted to put that out there because somebody may uh wonder, maybe a single person since we're on this topic, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody who is married who says, you know, sometimes we have issues because we have separate accounts. Does that make us unequally yoked? So I wanted to just answer that question. I think the key is just being in agreement with the fact that you have them, why you have them, mm-hmm. and each of you having access to the other's account, I think is important just for, you know, God forbid something happens mm-hmm. and the account's just in that person's name. Um, not that they want to go in the account, but just have some some line of communication and mutual understanding that this is just my lunch money, food money, I want to go buy me a new dress and I don't want to have to uh, ask, can mm-hmm. I do it? And I don't want it to affect our household responsibilities because I know people who have separate accounts and you have one who they their account, they pay the mortgage and they pay some of their major bills. And then the other spouse they uh, have an account and they make sure that they pay the utilities and, mm-hmm. you know, phone bills and stuff like that. If it works in your house, look, go for it. There is no scripture that we know of that says <laughs> that you have to have that you have to have the same account. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty clear that you have to respect, you have to love, you have to honor one another, you have to submit to one another, 
be in one mind and one accord. You both have to believe because the topic is unequally yoked. So both believe in God and Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because if you have an unbeliever within believer, then you're unequally yoked. So money has absolutely nothing to do with it. Finances, bank accounts, none of that. So just to clarify all of that Mm -hmm. before we move on. I I think if you're single and you're in the process of getting married, that's a conversation that you and your prospective spouse need to have. And I believe, excuse me, I don't know why. I'm getting all choked up. I it, again, this is just my opinion. I think that if you're single and you're talking about getting married, that you should have some sort of common ground when it comes to finances. How you're gonna do it? Now I don't want to get totally off track of what we're talking about, but if you're single, that 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 would help if you have some sort of commonality on how we're gonna do our finances going into the marriage. And then you adjust once you get married and life hits you. That's just my opinion. I don't know if you agree. Okay. I mean, I pretty much said that. I just didn't say specifically to to singles. Oh, okay. 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 All righty. Also, last week, moving along, uh, just to give some clarity, Renee talked about Hosea and going out to marry Gomer. And that is in, we always like to give you the scripture, Hosea 1. One through three, and I I would just read this to you in the Message Bible, if you don't mind, Renee. Okay, the first time God spoke to Hosea, He said, <laughs> so there was more than once that God talked to Hosea, and it's, it's an interesting story if you read it. Have time to read it. Find a whore and marry her. This is in the Bible. Make this whore the mother of your children, and here's why: this whole country has become a whorehouse, unfaithful to me, uh, God, unfaithful to me, God. Hosea did it. He picked Gomer, daughter of Diblaine. Okay. She got pregnant, gave him a son. Okay. So that we just wanted to give you the, the actual scripture that Renee referenced last week. Right. And if you read the story, it like Doug said on that first verse, the first time God spoke to Hosea. So that implies he had to speak to him several times. And why? Because Gomer was a whore, and that's what Gomer <laughs> knew how to do. So Gomer she kept going stuff. back out. She did whore stuff. She went back to whoring. <laughs> I'm just saying what it's saying I mean, in the it's, Bible. It's, and so Hosea had to go back and get her several yeah. times. That is a good place for us, like in the future, to talk about forgiveness. You know who you married when you married them. You know, they... Just because you married them don't mean they're going to change overnight. Maybe God told you to marry somebody to set some sort of example or to give you some sort of testimony. I don't I don't know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know, but I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know, but I'm just saying that. I was know. thinking from the perspective of the topic we're talking about, being unequally yoked, God told Hosea to marry this woman. I know I laughed about it, but I know somebody's dealing with this serious subject in their marriage. True. But God told Hosea to marry this woman, even though she treated him like she treated him, and he could not leave. 
He and couldn't leave her. He couldn't leave her and he couldn't let her go. Yes, because God told him. And and this is why you have to be very careful about putting people and letting people, different people speak into your marriage and chirping into your ear. Because if God told you to stay together with this person, then who am I or who are anybody else to tell you, girl, if I was you, I'd leave. Or, bro, she did this again. You might as well bounce. God told you to stay. God told you to get married. And even though we're talking about being unequally yoked, looking from the outside, from what or how Goma treated Hosea, he had every right to leave. Did he, though? Well, she cheated on him. I mean, biblically. That's Yeah, that's but, a, but God gave him a, com- yeah, 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 a, a specific command, so... Did he? <laughs> yeah, that well, I was I was gonna get there. Okay. He had every right to leave, but God told him to stay. And from if you're getting advice or getting letting people talk to you, they may talk you out of your blessing. Because you may leave in a situation where God clearly said stay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So God may be using it as a testimony. Mm-hmm. Um going back to what I was saying as well, that God could use it as a testimony. So while the Bible tells you do not be unequally yoked, if God specifically tells you to marry someone, that's because God is not confined by time. He is an infinite God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means he already knows that person's going to get saved. He already knows that person is going to change and maybe he's using you as the catalyst to change that person, to change a family, to change a neighborhood, to change a community, to change a nation. Mm-hmm. You just never know. And so you have to really be um, close, have your ear close to God's mouth and have a spirit of discernment so that you are pretty clear that that's what God wants you to do. Um, and because we okay. can't, you know, like you said, you can't, you know, people chirping in your ear, people telling you, you know, I wouldn't marry that person. Mm-hmm. You know, when God tells you to do something and you are clear that that was the command from God, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And mm-hmm. I don't care who that anybody is. It could be a pastor. It could be uh, uh, your family member, your parent. If you are 100% clear that God told you to do something, do it. Okay. Podcast over. <laughs> no, you were talking, and I, I, you were talking, it's an excellent segue. I know I said it twice. It was an excellent, excellent segue into 1 Corinthians 7, 13 through 17. And this is the NIV version. It says, if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him, for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing hu- husband. Otherwise, your children will be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother, and talks about the unbeliever leaving, not the believer. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband 
or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? And this is the interesting part. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatsoever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I laid down in all churches. That's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 7, 13 through 17. The unbeliever, unbelieving wife can sanctify the husband. Unbelieving husband can sanctify. Hold the way. Unbelief. The, you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the, belie- well, the believer. Yeah. Can uh, sanctify the unbeliever. Can sanctify the unbeliever. That's what I was getting at. And I think um, because when you get married, the two become one. Mm-hmm. And you are becoming one. And although, so this is speaking to that couple who maybe um, you are in a situation where you are married to an unbeliever. Maybe you married someone and they believed and some life event caused them to not believe anymore Mm -hmm. because that has happened. Maybe you got married and you both were saved and believed in God and some event, life events happened and the person decided there there can't be a God because this happened or Mm -hmm. whatever happened. Um, I think it's important for you to, you know, continue to just stand your ground, continue to pray, continue to believe God for that unbelieving spouse, because it is possible for that person to turn around just by watching you. So that sanctification process doesn't necessarily mean you're going to beat them over the head with the word and constantly nag them or constantly get on them, but your life should be, um, you should live your life in such a way that is just an example to that unbeliever. Yeah. Um, I, case in point and not saying I did it perfectly, but I did it the best way I knew how, when we first, um, early on in our marriage, I got saved before you did. Can I, can I back up? When we got married, neither one of us was saved. Yeah, when I, when we got married, neither one of us was saved. Okay, I got saved before you did, which would imply that I wasn't saved before. I we just got want married. The, I just want the people to know. <laughs> I just want the people you, to know. Um, when we first got married, neither one of us was saved. I got saved before Doug did, and he interrupted my my flow. Um, what was I getting ready to say? And when I first got saved, of of course, I was still me. I mean, you get saved, but your personality, your characteristics, that doesn't change overnight. I was still nagging, yelling, screaming, complaining. And my mentor, she helped me. She said, she said, you need to be still and let God speak to him because you're trying to save him. You can't save him. God has to do the saving. But what you can do is you can set the example by showing him you're not nagging and you're not complaining and when he comes home you're reading the bible or you know go you know going to church just set that example so that he would see that and that will help minister to him more than your words can ever minister to him and i just said that to someone who is just so tired of saying, you need to go to church, or you need to change, or you need to do this, or I need you to stop doing this, or all of those words are probably pushing them further apart. Mm -hmm. You need God to speak to them. You need to take a step back and let God do the work. Just let God work on you. Set that godly example, and then your spouse will eventually come along. You have to believe that. Mm -hmm. 
in God's word, it says you can have what you say. You need to just start speaking that your spouse is saved. I remember speaking that about Doug before he was saved. My husband loves me. He respects me. He beats me going to church, not beats me physically, meaning he's ready to go to church before me. And he loves me and he honors me. All of those things came to fruition because I was putting the word on him, but not throwing the word at him, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I wasn't browbeating him over the head with the word. The Bible says, the Bible says you should. And no, all of that is not saving someone. Your actions speak louder than your words. I have a different recollection of that, but that's okay. <laughs> I do. I, I just do. Okay, what's mean? your recollection? I'm well, like when when we were going through our when you were saved, you were saved, and I wasn't. I just remember us constantly being. I could be wrong, but this is my recollection. Uh, constantly having. Arguments. Back then we had arguments. Initially, yes. Yeah. You need to get saved. You need to get saved. Initially, You need yes. to get saved. And I, I just remember that. And that, I don't think that made me want to get saved. You saying the same thing I just said, but, but okay. <laughs> but what I, what I did do was on a Wednesday night, I, I remember this vividly because we were mm-hmm. always arguing. Well, it seemed like we were always arguing. I went and I was like, okay, let me just go up there to the pastor and, you know, after church when he give the altar call, you know, say a few words. So the next time we have an argument, I could say, I got saved. That, that, you I did, re- you I did it to that. shut me up. Yeah, basically. I remember that. So, they, I mean, just trying to, um, at that point in time, well, I'm going to ask you a question. When you got saved, and I wasn't saved, do you think we were unequally yoked? You were no, saved, I wasn't. No, based on what we just said. Okay. Because we both got, uh, we were both unsaved when we got married. Mm-hmm. And then when we, um, I got saved and you wasn't, based on 1 Corinthians seven thirteen, the husband, the unbeliever, is sanctified by the sanctified mm-hmm. spouse. Um, or the believing spouse. And, you know, basically going back to what you're saying, I don't refute anything that you're saying, but I know gradually over time, whether it be after you did your fake, I'm getting saved, or I remember going to a women's conference where they talked about professing and um, over your spouse and not throwing the word at your spouse. Gradually, I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you have two different sides to the story. Yeah. But my side is still accurate. Maybe our timing might be different. But the fact that I, the, my point to the person is that <laughs> I eventually, okay, I don't know when, and I didn't say it happened as soon as I got saved, but I eventually stopped the nagging. And did I stop nagging 100% of the time? No, I probably still do do it today. Uh, occasionally, not about going to church or the word or get saved or anything like that. But I know eventually I toned down. Mm -hmm. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Like he said, he remembers his side like yesterday. I remember my side like yesterday because that mentor was so instrumental in helping me be a better 
wife early on in our marriage and still uh, growing today, almost celebrating 36 years. And we, neither one of us can sit here and say that we got it all together. We still growing. We still learning because we still changing. Still changing. Uh, To the, to, since we're talking to the couples that, you know, one person is saved and one person isn't and, you're asking them, you know, come to church, come to church, come to church. To the person that's saved, I ask, I ask you this question. Would you be willing to go to a church other than the one you currently go to if it meant your spouse would come to church with you? That's you know a good question. Yeah, no, that's a good question because maybe the spouse came with you one time or another and didn't particularly care for the mm-hmm. pastor or the service, or didn't they weren't made to feel comfortable mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, maybe that was your childhood church. You've been there forever, and they want to establish a new place yeah. for the two of you. That no, that's a that's a valid question, and I think that's something that somebody needs to ponder because you know somebody might have said, "I've been going here my whole life, and I love my pastor, and I serve on the." you know, on the board of directors for the choir and the usher board and all these ministries, and I'm a missionary, and I'm an evangelist, and I do this, that, and the other there. You're a busy person in the church. <laughs> busy. That, that, yeah, that, that's another story for another day. But I think you have to remember that your spouse is your priority. God created the, uh, instituted the family before he ever instituted the church. Your commitment is to your spouse way before it is committed to your pastor or that church building or that uh, church organization. And that means you have to get your priorities back in order. Because if your spouse says, you know, let's go visit somewhere else and you tell them no, then do you really want them to get saved? You want them to get saved your way. Yes, exactly. You want them to get saved your way. And I, I brought this, I posed this question because I'm looking at it from the perspective of the person who isn't saved. Because sometimes um, saved people, you know, we go to church, like, hey, I need you to pray for me. You know, especially if your husband or wife isn't coming, it's like, pray for my wife, pray for my husband, pray for my wife, pray for my husband. But they may feel uh, somewhat intimidated because they may feel or think that, Everybody in the church knows their business. Mm, especially if it's a small a small church. Yeah. That, yeah. So would you be willing, now I'm talking to the saved person, the person who's going to church, would you be willing to find a church where you, or, you and your spouse don't know anybody, but your spouse feels comfortable going? And it's a nice church. There's nothing wrong with the church other than the fact that you didn't grow up there, or you don't, as Renee said, you don't have a title. You know, how how do you feel now? What do you think about that? Selah, just something to think about. And I'm going to dare say you should be willing because you never know how God wants to save your spouse. Mm-hmm. Just like we sometimes we don't know how God wants to answer a prayer, and because it doesn't look the way we thought it would look or should look, then we don't think it's an answer to our prayer. 
And you have to be flexible and open because God's ways are not our ways. Yeah. And he may do it in a totally different way where he move you guys mm-hmm. to a different uh, ministry or a different church home. You just have to be open to to God and, again, have your ear close to his, his mouth when he's speaking. One of the things we've talked about consistently in this podcast is your priorities. God first, spouse, children, everything else. But if you're putting a church ahead of your spouse, then your priorities are off. You got things out of whack. Um, You're out of order. That's just something to think about. And coming back to 1 Corinthians 7, 13, we, we take this wisdom from Paul. And because it's in the Bible, but Paul was also single. Paul wasn't married. And I know a lot of times as married people, we think single people can't give us advice. You know, you're single, you don't know anything about being married. Most of the advice we take out of the Bible was written by single people. Most of it, especially in the New Testament. It was written from out of a single perspective. So I know Paul was... um, I don't want to say he was a building church. He was creating the church, laying the foundation for the church. I get that. And God gave him supernatural um, ability and knowledge. You know, we're still following this knowledge thousands of years later. But just be mindful that some people can speak into your life who may not necessarily have walked down the road you're walking. Just, Just a little nugget. Just something to think about. And I want to say this going back to what you said about church um, before we close. Just remember, church is not God. Be Ooh. careful not to make church your idol. People get so busy in church that they forget who they're serving. Who are you serving? You serving that pastor? You're serving your need to just be busy or have a title or have a be important? Or are you serving God? Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened, and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters, and if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you, and God bless you. We're out.